Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God, mighty God, we serve. I mean, the fact that we are we are able uh, to to know Him. I don't know if we if we truly understand how incredible uh, it is that that we are able to know the one uh, true and living, all powerful, all all knowing. I'm uh, my present God. I, I mean, the one who created the. I don't think we understand truly how valuable it is that we are able to have a relationship with him because there are so many things in our lives that that cause us to become distracted that cause us to become weary that cause us to be to become uh heavy laden and and burdened Uh, but if we could remember how valuable or how precious it truly is to know Jesus Christ, I I believe that we would be able more days than not to walk with our heads hanging high and not our heads looking down, wondering where answers are or wondering where promises are or wondering when this season will end or when the next season will begin. If we could know and understand truly that we are able to commune with the most high God, we're able to know him. Amen. Amen. Well, what a joy it is to be uh, to be in his presence. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to read from the book of Joshua uh, this week uh, in our in our series forward uh, forward. Uh, what I believe that that God the word that God has uh, for us because we can receive uh, blessings um, and feel the need to remain where those blessings were first received for too long. But God is not telling us to go back to where we received the blessing or where or where we felt like we were the most secure, but he's telling us to move forward. And sometimes we can we could get stuck in a rut where we don't feel like our prayers are being answered or we don't even see the point of praying or our worship has become stale for some reason, and we can feel like, well, I, I just need to stay here, no point in pressing, but God today is speaking uh, to both sets of mindsets today that we need to move forward, that we need to move forward, uh, amen, we'll read in Joshua, Joshua chapter 6, Joshua chapter 6, beginning in, in verse 1, the Bible tells us now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel, none went out and none came in. And just a couple of chapters before, Joshua had sent two spies into Jericho to see what was going on, and they went into the house of Rahab, and Rahab uh, hid them. And while they were there, she said that our hearts uh, are, are, are melting, our hearts are fainting because of what we heard, what you did with, with the king of the Amorites, with, uh, with Og. And, and, and the other, we heard what happened and how God had delivered you out of the land of Egypt. And now remember, this has been several decades, but that they had still heard about the incredible God of the Israelites. I don't even think Israel recognized how powerful or how good their God was, but the people of Canaan are recognized. I, I, I think that happens with us sometimes, too, is that other people will recognize how good God is or how powerful God has been, how good God has been on our behalf, but because we are in it, we're unable to recognize it, and, and we become bitter, and we become, we become stagnant uh, when God has done so much for us. But, they, but Jericho has been straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. They're, they're afraid. None went out, and none came in. And verse 2 says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into your hand Jericho. 
and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And he gives them instruction. He says, you will compass the city, all your men of war, and go round about the city once. Uh, this, uh, this you'll do six days, and seven priests will bear up the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns, and the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And then he tells them what's going to happen. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout. Somebody say shout. shout. With a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend upon every man straight uh, before him. And Joshua immediately goes and he gives instruction. Uh, it gives instruction to, to the priests so that they can do and be prepared for what God had desired uh, for them to do. Uh, amen. Today, I just want to talk about having some walls fall, having, wa having walls uh, fall today. So if we can pray one more time uh, for the remainder of this service for uh, individuals who say, Lord, I, I need to hear from you today. Uh, I don't know what each person came in here expecting or needing or, or what this week has been for you, but I'm asking that you would pray uh, and that you would say, Lord, if that you would be honest with them, Lord, I, I've been through this this last week. I've been through this season. God, you know what I've been thinking and you know what I've been struggling with. But God, today, help my mind to be open. God, help uh, my guard to be let down so that your voice can be heard, so that your so that your word can do its work, even if it's uncomfortable. God, I need a word from you today so that I can be changed and transformed. In the name of Jesus, we pray. name of Jesus, uh, amen. Amen. Uh, well, something we haven't done in a while, why don't you greet somebody, find about three or four people, tell them you're glad to see them see them in church. Uh, glad to see them in church today. We got some people that are hesitant. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, greeting one another, uh, being being friendly with one another. In the last uh, couple of weeks, we have looked at the the scripture and and what the Lord has spoken, uh, has spoken to Joshua uh, about the promise, uh, about who they they would be, uh, and, and and we learned a couple of interesting things uh, from Joshua, and now we see. Uh, Joshua in his, uh, in his, I, I guess you could say his, his natural occupation uh, as this military leader, we begin to see the conquest uh, of Israel over the land, the cities and, and the fortresses of, of Canaan. And, and Joshua uh, chapter six comes uh, after they finally, they finally pass uh, over, over the Jordan. And it was interesting in Joshua chapter four, Joshua chapter 4 and, and verse and chapter 5, before we get to the conquest, God had asked Israel to do a couple of very important things. And, and likewise for us, just as Israel lived these things out in the physical, we live them out in, in the spiritual. 
since before the walls of Jericho fell, because we know how, how the story ends. Before the walls of Jericho fell, God required that Israel would first build a memorial and that Israel would reconsecrate themselves to the covenant of God. And it's some very important things before we get to, to the walls falling is the reality that, that we must continue to build a, a memorial. With Israel, they built a memorial and they left it in the, in the middle of the Jordan and, and, and they left it by the side of the Jordan, remembering what God had done for them on, on the other side of the promised land, on the other side of, of the Jordan. But for us, the memorials that we are building are not ones that we are leaving behind. And not ones that we are saying, look at this picture, look at this time where things were going so well, look at what God uh, has done. But the memorials that we are building as Christians today are not ones that we leave behind, are not ones that we build uh, with, with physical stones, but just, uh, but just as Cornelius was, was praying. Uh, we are building a memorial every single time that we, des that we come into the presence of the Lord. Every time that we come into the presence of the Lord, there is a memorial that is being built, and we cannot see it, and that's frustrating. Somebody say frustrating. Uh, because, because when, when uh, a certain, certain things happen, and this is a principle that God, that God had showed, it, and, and it's about uh, persistence. Uh, it, it's, about, it's about pressing. Uh, he showed it to us in, in the book of Daniel, and we referenced that probably a few, a few months ago, uh, where, where Daniel, Daniel was praying, and the Bible tells us that a thing was revealed unto Daniel. And Daniel was frustrated because he recognized that the thing was true, but the time appointed uh, was long, and, and he, he was frustrated. And this was Daniel, and we talked about it, Daniel, who had favor, uh, who, who, was, who became uh, so well-liked and respected. Daniel, who had been uh, in the lion's den. Daniel, who, who, who surely was, uh, was this chosen vessel of God to be used uh, to, to protect his people. Uh, but Daniel prayed, and, and God uh, did not answer him immediately. Or rather, he answered, but it wasn't the, the answer that Daniel particularly wanted. Uh, he, Daniel had to wait for a certain amount of time, but Daniel, uh, even though he was discouraged, and even though his prayer and his promise was, was delayed, Daniel did not cease to be who, who, who he needed to be who God had called him to be. And, and after, uh, after a couple of weeks, the angel came and said, Daniel, I, I heard you praying. And, and from the moment that you prayed, from the moment that you prayed, I, I, I was sent. But, but he said the prince of Persia, there was, there, there, was this, there, there was this struggle in the spiritual realm. But today I have come for your prayers. I, I, I'm asking somebody today who was, who was on the verge at times, Perhaps it was even this week where, where you did not know if God was truly hearing your prayer. If, 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 you, if there was something wrong with you because things weren't happening the way that you thought that they should be happening or things that you, that you thought that a child of God, that you, that it's not happening. If, if I'm truly blessed, if I truly have a promise and things should have worked out by, I'm talking to, to somebody who, who, who has been discouraged in their walk with God, who was felt stagnant, who was felt 
uh, barren for a time, wondering, was it? And then the enemy, the enemy does, does this uh, when it's something like, like when Daniel prayed. And, it's, we, and he begins to, to struggle with us or, or our flesh internally, even just ourselves. We say, was it really God that, that spoke? You sing, so was it really God that, that gave me the vision? Was it really God that said I could be more? Was it just something that I wanted? Uh, was it just something I was just telling myself? Was it just something? Uh, how could, and, and then we get so inside of our, ourselves. How could I be so, so foolish to believe that I could overcome this? How, how could I be so foolish to, to, to believe that, that I could get past this or that I could be that kind of person or I could really be a person of prayer? Or I could really be a person who was disciplined and fasting. Or I could really be a person that told other people about Jesus. Nobody is coming to church. Perhaps it's because my light isn't shining. Perhaps it's because I'm not a good enough Christian. Why, why don't I just keep things to myself, I, I'm coming to tell somebody today that, that before you, you, the walls fall in your life, before whatever it is that, that God, had, the, the place that God has told you to go, the person that God has told you to be, before you get to the walls falling, God is asking that you continue to build the memorial. Just as Cornelius was praying and, and and, and he prayed, and, and the Bible tells us that, that it came up as, as his prayers, his memorial came up as, as almost an incense before the Lord. And, and it got to the point where, where it could not be ignored. God is asking somebody to, to, to press to the point where your memorial cannot be ignored. Because there are prayers that you might be praying today that, that you think, we, we have an end in sight oftentimes when we pray. And sometimes God will give us a glimpse, perhaps through the preached word or, or through uh, the, the reading of his word in our devotion or through our or prayer. God will give us a glimpse and we think that, that I'm praying to get to this point. But God, but God really is preparing us for three steps down, down the line. And so when things don't happen in our timing, we, we get frustrated. God, I thought this was supposed to happen by now, but God was preparing you for something else. And God is saying, saying, yeah, you could, you know, Sister, Sister Ruth Harvey was, was preaching at the prayer conference, and she, and, and she was telling this story about a little girl. And, and, and this girl, she, her dad had, had promised her uh, a gift. Her dad had promised her uh, a doll. And... And but but she had to wait for for a little bit of time because you know dad dad had to work he had to save up save up some money and and he says Avery I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you the doll and it's gonna be beautiful and, and she says she says okay and she's waiting for for a little bit and, and they're going past the store one day and she says dad I, I I want that doll right there and he's like wait 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 but, but hold on he's like and she's like no dad I I want that doll you promised me a doll give me give me that. Give me that doll. And he says, are, are you sure? He's like, I, I was going to get you something. She's like, no, Dad, I want, I want that doll right there. And he says, okay. And, and, and he gets it for her, and she, and she loves it. And, and they keep on walking. And, and just as, as kids are, well, I don't really know if it goes away when we get older. But she had her doll, and she, they were walking past another store, and there was a doll that was there that was three times bigger than the one that she had. And she said, Dad, I want that doll. And, and, and he says, well, sweetie, that's the doll that I was going to get you. But you were so persistent about having that one that now I, I can't give you this one. 
Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to deal with that. And I wonder how many times, how many times we, in our prayers, that, that that we were saying, God, I I, I want I want this doll. <laughs> God, I, I I want this blessing. God, I, I need something to show up in in this way. And God, God, it's almost like we're fighting against God. It's almost like like we're uh, like like we're, we're like Jacob again, except except just in our prayers. And we're saying, God, I, I want this. God, I need this. God, I, I, this right now, I'm going to break, God, if I don't have it right now. I, I need this. And God is saying, hold on, hold on, hold on. And we're saying, hold on, for God, this, this would work out so well. And we are shortchanging ourselves because we have not learned to be patient. To Joshua chapter 4, they built the memorial and Joshua chapter 5, God required that all of, of the males uh, receive the sign of, of circumcision. And today the Lord is asking that, that our hearts uh, re-enter into a covenant with him. For that's what he was telling them to do. He said this was a physical sign of the covenant. He's saying not, not only do you need to build a memorial saying Yes, you, you remember how things were, and you're thanking me for them, and you're going to uh, continue to thank me for things, but you have, got to, you have got to enter into an agreement with me. Because when we truly enter into a covenant with God, we, we recognize uh, a, a couple of things, that, that, that God is who he said he is, that God truly is the promise keeper. If you enter into a covenant with God and you're not really sure of who he is uh, and, and what he's going to do and what he's capable uh, of doing, uh, what the problem, what's going to happen is it doesn't really affect uh, God's power or, or what God is able to do, but it affects us, our beliefs affect how we are able to keep up our side of the bargain. Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and, and forever. And so if he gives us a promise, he's, he, he's going to keep it. But when God gave a promise, when God gave covenant, for instance, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and, and, and verse 14, many of you could quote it, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from local ways, then will I hear from heaven. God, God said, I, I will definitely do this. Uh, he says, I'm, I'm bound by my word. His word will not return unto him void. If he speaks it, it, it it's going to happen. He's, he's going to do it. He, he is God, and he, and he cannot lie. But, but we have got to, we've got to recognize that, that, that if God said that he's going to do it, then I have got to press no matter what comes in front of me. No matter, no matter what it looks like, the, the Israelites did not under, have a true understanding of covenant when they were in Kadesh Barnea and, and, they, and the, the 12 spies were sent over. And they went and 10 of them said, my goodness, we are grasshoppers in our own eyes. There are giants. The, the, uh, the, they're giants in the land. I don't know how we're going to take it. But two, but two looked through the eyes of covenant. They looked through the eyes of covenant. And they said, if God has promised us the same God that brought us out of Egypt, the same God that brought the plague, the same God, uh, the same God that's providing our food, the same God that's providing our, our water. If, it, if it's the same God, he, then he's going to do it. 
If he told us to go into an impossible situation, that's because it's impossible by our hand. It's impossible by our might, just like, as he said in, in, in Zephaniah, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I'm wondering if today that somebody can learn to enter into covenant and to recognize that all you have to do is be obedient to his word. It's not by our power. It's not by our might. It's not by our own. It's not going to happen because just because we think positively. It's not by our intellect. It's not by our charm. It's not by, by anything that, that we can do. All we have to do is press and trust that God will work it out. And so before the walls fall, we have to build a memorial before God, and we have to, we have to enter uh, into covenant uh, with him, recognizing that we must keep up our end because God definitely will. If you understand that God will keep up his end, you will press through anything. You will fight uh, for anything. If you believe that God will keep up his end, you will not quit. People quit because they, they, because they, stop, to, they stop believing in God's ability to work through them. How, how could God work through me when I've been thinking uh, this way? I've, I've been stuck in this mindset. I've been stuck with these doubts. I've been stuck with this fear. I've been stuck with this anxiety. I haven't had peace. I haven't been able to sleep. I haven't been able to. How could God work through this frail vessel? But God will empower us to do more than we ever thought that we could. Because he's a promise, a promise keeper. And the Bible tells us that after they had uh, the, the two spies came back from Rahab's house, that now it was time for the conquest of, of Jericho, this fall of Jericho. And, and the Bible gives us what no doubt would have looked like a, a really interesting, maybe even comical scene. I, I don't know what the uh, what the Israelites, what these men of war or these priests were thinking, but I know what I would have been thinking. Walk in a circle one time for six days and then walk in a circle seven times on the seventh day. Now that's th that, that's crazy. Now let me tell you, just standing up here and playing the piano, my feet hurt, guys. And And many scholars believe that it would have taken them an hour and a half just to walk around the city one time. So on the seventh day, they had to get up really early. Some, some people believe that, that, that it was the Sabbath, and then what they did, uh, what they were able to do was, was right after the Sabbath ha had ended. Uh, and so they, they would have been walking for maybe 12 hours on, on, on the last day. Um, I don't know about you, but that, that doesn't really sound. I would have been like, did God really tell you that, Joshua? Or, 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 or what, is, what is going on? Uh, but God, but God had God had a plan. For just as with the the Egyptians, every plague that God did, He was showing the Egyptians and the Israelites that He had greater power than one of the Egyptian gods. For they had gods, they had gods for everything. They had gods, uh, they had a god o over the the frogs, God over uh, fertility, God, uh, God of of the sun. And even the, the king himself, or Pharaoh, uh, was, was considered to be a god. And that's why it was, it was so important when the firstborn uh, of every household uh, was, uh, was slain. Because when, 
because when the firstborn of, of Pharaoh died, uh, he truly recognized we don't have any power over this, and it broke and it broke him for a moment. But but just as with every every plague, God showed that he had power over an Egyptian god. Uh, God was was up to something one more time, for there was this this Ugaritic uh, tale, if, if you will, of this man named uh, Coret, uh, I believe, and, and Coret had uh, he did not have a son, and and Coret he asked the god El is is the name uh, in in the Ugarit. Ugaritic uh, story, and, and and he asked El for a son, and El has sympathy, and he says, "If you go to this place um, where I tell you to go, then you're going to you're going to find a wife there, and with her you will have uh, your son." And 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 it's interesting the way that this story is lined up, uh, because it was the, the story is separated into like two uh, six day, uh, two six day kind of epics or epic stories, uh, if, if you will. And and he is uh, on the journey. He is he. Some people try to bribe him with with silver and and, and with gold, and and he gets there, and he and he gets cursed, and it, and it's all this complicated stuff. And on the seventh day, when he arrives to the city, there is a loud sound. Um, there is a loud sound to signify uh, that day, as if the sound of of a trumpet or trumpets. Um, and, and, and it's interesting because the kings of, of Canaan were considered to be God kings or, or divine kings or, or beings just like the kings uh, of Pharaoh. Um, and so this, this son of, of this man, Coret, would have been uh, signified as, as a God king. And, and scholars believe that there was a, a marriage uh, ceremony uh, or custom or ritual, whatever you want to call it, that was that was enacted uh, by by marching around the city to give honor to their god king, and so when God told them to walk around the city, it, it was almost like God like God w- was mocking them, <laughs> because because they believed that that you know, we're going to give honor to our powerful god king, and God says, well if, if that if walking around the city gives power to your God. I'm going to have my own people walk around the city <laughs> and they're going to do it for six days. And on the seventh day, just because I'm God, I'm going to have him do it seven times. And just like in that story, uh, they, there was the loud sound of, of the trumpets and it signified that Corette was at the end of his journey. It, it was, he was at the end uh, of his story and now he was going to have his son and now his, his line uh, of God kings will, will, would, be, uh, would be succeeded even to the then now uh, king, uh, king in that Canaanite city, the king uh, of Jericho. And when God told them to march around, they, they, they probably were saying, what are these people doing? They don't even know that they're giving us power. Perhaps the people in Jericho were watching and they're saying, oh, our God is going to show up now. They don't know what they're doing mocking us. They don't know what they're doing mimicking us. They're giving us the power. But then God, on the last day, on the sign of their victory, God took this sign of their victory and used it for his own people. And when they were obedient, because God told them they had to be quiet. 
they had to march around. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the walls of Jericho were going to fall, and that sounds pretty cool to hear. But, but like I said, I, I wonder what would have happened walking around that city for an hour and a half every day. <laughs> and you're told you can't say anything. I wonder what the emotions were like, but it wasn't about the emotions that the Israelites had. It was about their obedience. It's not about our emotions sometimes as much as it is about our obedience, because it's good to pray. God told us to pray. He expected us to pray, but but, he expected us to pray when we're happy. And he expected us to pray when, when we're down. And he expected us to pray when we have a lot of money and expected us to pray when we didn't have a lot of money. The, the, the commandments that God gave are not, are not based upon if this is going on, then you can. But if, but if this isn't happening, then it's okay not to do this anymore. God, God's commandments weren't really like that. But God said, if you will be obedient, you will receive blessings that you could not even imagine. And, and they may not be financial and they, they, may not be, they may not look like other people's blessings, but they will will be so that you can become exactly who God desires you to be, so that you can become the Christian that God has called you to be. He saved you for a purpose. He didn't save you just to come to church on a Sunday. He didn't save you just so that you could speak in tongues and feel good. He didn't just save you so that you can so that you can worship and that you can cry and then and then go home and then and then you can have this emotional habit. God saved you so that you can live according to his commandments so that you could show somebody else. Because this life is the best life. And God wants somebody to understand that. Because God, God wants us to understand that if we can follow his commandments uh, through, through thick, through thin, through times, uh, through times of plenty, and through times of lean, we would truly understand what it meant to be blessed. And we would truly understand and believe that this is the best life. You know why we don't tell people about Jesus? Because we don't believe that it's the best life at that moment. Because we don't believe that it's the best at, at that moment. We, we can believe it. Sometimes we'll, we'll believe it at church and we'll be supercharged. Uh, but, but let me tell you, let me prove it to you why, why, we don't, why we don't really believe it's the best life. Because if somebody, if somebody needs Jesus outside of this church and, and you don't tell them, but you're discouraged because you believe it would be an inconvenience or it will be an offense to them, you don't believe that it's the best thing for them. You don't believe that this is, uh, sometimes we're discouraged to tell people about Jesus who are incredibly smart or incredibly wealthy or, or they seem to have the perfect life because we, we think that, man, they won't believe that, that there is something better. <laughs> because we don't believe that there's something. Because we want what they have. But they want what we have. They need it. They may not. E- they may not even. They might not even know it. But something on the inside says that there is something more. There is something more. You know, there are some entrepreneurs that that, that I'll follow and, and I'll learn from uh, in, in business, and I'll see them. You know, working working 18, 19, 20 hour days, and they are so hungry to to have their legacy established uh, forever. They are so hungry to have their building be bigger than everybody else's. And they will work and they will work and they will sacrifice family time just so that they can have a legacy that is established. In fact, one guy, one guy that, 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 I, that I follow, he is so obsessed with legacy that, that he almost, that, that I, I believe that, man, this guy, he, he says, man, I wish I could see how many people show up to my funeral. 
That, 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 that's what he cares about because that, that's what legacy is. To, how many people are going to show up to my funeral? How many people are, are going to know my name in 20 years? How many people are, are going to know what my business is in 50 years and long after I'm gone? And he is hungry for something. Yeah, yes, he's got his, yes, he's got his business and he's got his mind, but he, he is hungry for, for something. And I, and I have it and you have it. And I've got to believe that, that just because he's got the money and just because he can go wherever he wants, that doesn't mean that his life is better because nobody's life is better until they have Jesus Christ and until we believe that then oh we'll never be who, who, who God desires us to be and the people who are outside who need this truth who need this gospel who need to know who need to know Jesus Christ they'll never know until we believe that this is the best this is the best life and God took their their sign a victory, the people of Jericho, and and after they were they were obedient, and they, they took the ram's uh, the ram's horn, and and they always interesting to me that they used the ram's horn because they were going back to that moment where where Abraham Abraham sacrificed or was going to sacrifice Isaac, and there was a ram caught caught in in the thicket, and I, it's so interesting uh, to me that, that that that's what they use as the sign. Uh, of jubilee uh, because they they could have used a different uh you know i was looking at it earlier and there was a specific type of horn that they used and they could have used a, uh they could have they had a horn that they used to signal war or to signal danger uh, but they didn't use those but they used a horn to signal jubilee uh, because because even though they were about to enter into a battle uh <laughs> they they were thanking god in advance even though that they knew that they had a battle coming up, even though that they knew that there were probably there were going to be some things that, that, that they probably wish that they didn't have to do. They, they probably wish they didn't have to walk around the city. They probably wish that they didn't have to be far from their home. But 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 they gave the sign uh, of jubilee. They gave the sound uh, of thanks. And because they were obedient and they were thankful, God gave them the victory. My goodness, what, what would happen if we could learn to be obedient and we could learn to be thankful? I think last week I spoke about being content. I would tell us that godliness with contentment is, is great gain. How much could you gain if you learn to be content? How much could you gain if you learn to be content? You wouldn't, you might not, you're not going to gain more things. You might not gain more, more friends. You may not gain a bigger, a better job or a better position, but how much would God be able to give you if you learned to, if you, if your hands weren't reaching for other things and if your hands were simply open to say, Lord, whatever you place in these hands, that's what I'm going to be. How much could God give you if you weren't so busy reaching for other things? How much could God give you if you weren't reaching for the attention or the affection of others? How much could God give you if you were only, if you were looking for him before you were even looking for the attention of your spouse? How much could God give you if, you, if he was number one? How much could you gain if God was number one? But even as God had given them the promise, and even as God had given them the victory, the Bible tells us in Joshua chapter 7 that Israel sinned greatly uh, against God. Because there was this man named Achan who saw the silver and he saw the gold and a couple of other things. And he says, man, 
this is too good to pass up. God had said, he told Joshua, to, to don't touch the, the silver, don't touch the gold, because these things have been, they've been uh, consecrated. Uh, these things are going to go into, into the treasury uh, of the Lord. And, and, and Achan decided, man, I've got to take up, i got to take this up myself. Because this is an opportunity for my family. Uh, this could change our lives. Uh, who knows what he was planning to do? Perhaps he said, "If this whole uh, living with the with the country, the tribe of Israel, doesn't really work out, perhaps I could blend in with another uh, Canaanite uh, people, and we could start a new life there." Perhaps uh, Achan had had a backup plan. I don't know what it was that caused him to take these things, but the Bible tells us that he did. And because he took these things, when Israel went into the next battle, they were unable to have the victory. They were unable to have the victory because Achan was selfish. There are other people's victories dependent upon you being obedient upon God. There are people outside, people in our families, people who are your friends and your coworkers who are dependent upon you recognizing that the gospel truly is the best thing that could ever happen to a person because we get distracted and we say well I know that God just did this but man I'm going to take I'm going to take some of this for myself I'm going to take some time for myself I, I know that I've been I've been praying and I've been fasting last week but this week I'm just kind of I'm just going to kind of chill I'm going to I'm going to focus on I'm going to focus on 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 my things I'm going to focus on my time I'm going to focus on where uh, on, on what I think could be better and we lose track and we lose sight in other people's victory 36 men, the Bible tells us, there were 3,000 that went out to battle, and 36 of them died because of the sin of Achan. There was a, a uh, I can't even remember, I'm coming to a close, but there was, there was a man who I, I believe, perhaps one of you knows the story better than I do, there was a man who was on, who was on death row, and, and he there was a priest that was coming in and that was influence, you know, trying to influence him, you know, trying to save his soul before, before he before he died, and he tells him, you know, Father, you know, I don't I don't I don't believe what you're telling me. He said because if if I believed what you were telling me, he says I would crawl on my hands and my knees across glass all across this country. If I could save one person, if I believed what you were telling me, says I would go to any lengths. But I don't, because I can't believe it. What lengths would we be willing to go to to share the gospel with somebody? Think about that for a moment. Every eye, eye closed as we come, as we come to a close. What what lengths? Ask yourself, what lengths would I be willing to go to to share the gospel with somebody? For some of us, it's it might not be that far. <laughs> Because God has prompted some, even in your workplace, to tell somebody about Jesus, and and it, and it hasn't and it hasn't happened yet. Some God has been prompting you to tell somebody in your family about Jesus, and it hasn't happened yet. And so, we recognize the truth that we really wouldn't go very far. But today, you know exactly how how far you would go. Today, I'm not asking you to focus or to beat yourself up for not having gone far or to enough lengths to try to help somebody 
to know Jesus Christ, but to say, Lord, will you take me farther? Lord, will you give me the strength to see not only my walls fall, but to see the walls fall of my brother, of my sister, my cousin, my coworker. Is there somebody that wants to go farther with Jesus? Is there somebody that will learn to be obedient? Is there somebody that will learn to be content and to give thanks? Say, Lord, I don't want to, I don't want more in my hands than what you are and what you want to place there. Lord, there's some things I may need to lay down. Lord, there's some people. I know I know they know about you. But God, they, they haven't accepted this full truth yet. Lord, how may not be discouraged. But Lord, teach me to trust that when you tell me to go, you will provide the way and you will provide the strength. 